0: Now you're very welcome along to another RTE Rugby podcast and uh, for this pod I'm delighted to be joined by Munster and Ireland wing Andrew Conway who's here in association with Budweiser official beer partner of the Erlingus College Football Classic which is returning to the Aviva Stadium on the 26th of August in a couple of weeks time, Notre Dame against Navy and a few weeks ago Andrew was joined by Sarah Rowe, Dean Rock and kicking coach Tig Leader to test out their American football skills in the Budweiser Combine ahead of the game. So, Andrew, tell us the Budweiser Combine. Anyone who follows a bit of NFL around here, they have a rough idea what the Combine is ahead of the draft. But what, what sort of stuff were you doing? Glorified school sports day, is it?
1: Pretty much, it was. So we had one one punting competition. So kind of similar to you know, obviously the 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 lads punting at the start we weren't looking for like that height but we kind of had targets about 40 yards away in the point system then there was a 40 yard dash which I didn't actually take part in because it would have taken me about half an hour to warm up properly to 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 put, to put in a decent shift um so the the guy from lad bible took, took my place there and he he put in a tremendous effort and and uh and came out with a respectable score and then we went into goal kicking and uh that was not 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 a good performance from my point point of view. So my, my punting was my strength. I wasn't involved in the, the sprints, and I let myself down massively in the uh, in the goal kick, and so a, mi- a mixed bag.
0: That's all right. That's all right. So there's no late late career move to to American football going on. You're you're happy where you are for now.
1: a happy out, mate. Yeah, no no
0: chance. Um, I suppose just in general, how are you? Obviously, it's it's been a while since we've since we've got to see you. I remember. Just under twelve months ago, at the URC launch, I was chatting to you that day, and you were obviously hoping to be back by around the end of October from that knee injury. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's been a it was a tough season. There were a couple of setbacks along the way, and we're hoping to to see you back soon. Mm-hmm. First of all, then just just how are you? How are you in the in the comeback? Like if there was if there was a game in the next couple of weeks, a preseason game, would you be ready to go? Yeah.
1: Yeah, ready to go. Ready to go now, thankfully. Um yeah, it's been a lot it's been a long journey. a uh, complex journey, I suppose, is is probably the word that sticks out. Um there was two new, two knee surgeries, one in June and one in January. Probably between June and January was was the toughest time. You know, I there was there was signs that we were going in the right direction, but I I didn't have any experience in a, in a pretty big operation and the recovery and, and what it should feel like. You know, I've I've loads and loads of experience in being fit and dealing with knocks and pushing through them and, you know, sucking it up at times and, you know, taking a risk here and there and playing through pain and, you know, having a bit of a gamble at times. And sometimes that does work. Sometimes it doesn't. But between surgery one and surgery two, you know, it's just... It, probably just never got to a place where we put in a, a, a good body of work where you know it's you know four weeks five weeks six weeks and we're we're kind of building you know as we went it, there was always a couple of weeks good maybe a bad week a good week and then two bad weeks and you know i was probably in a bit of denial about how how that was going i suppose if, if i reflect back on it you know i thought whenever I, whenever it was sore at times, I just suck it up and get through it. And, you know, a big learning is that whenever you've got a proper injury, uh, particularly of the knee that, you know, you got to respect the body. The, the body's telling you what's going on. And if you, if you're not uh, experienced enough or, or, um, or, you know, if you're not listening to it and respecting it, you know, you might, you know, some days you suck it up and you know you get through what you need to get through, but you you pay a price, you know, you pay a price, particularly with the knee injury after a knee surgery. Um so that was tough. There's no doubt about it. But since since the second operation, you know, almost immediately I felt way better. You know, some of the, the low-level movements that I got, got straight into were clear and they hadn't been clear for, you know, six months, eight months, even going back to the Six Nations uh of 2022 you know is dealing with knee pain consistently from from that kind of from the start of that six nations to to january and then you know I, i was like oh lovely this i think that's i think that's worked you know what i mean um so yeah listen it's been tough but it's been it's been a great time personally for me i we had our daughter arrive in march of 22 as well and uh and she's essentially her lifespan has been my my injury lifespan so I've I've been blessed in that regard because I've been able to put things in perspective and be around my daughter for her whole life up to this point you know it's been it's been tough missing big big tours and and you know winning grand slams and going to South Africa and winning on the road and winning the orc the hard way but you know you you put things in perspective and and um and life is bigger than rugby and you know to be around her for for her whole life up to this point, uh is, is has been a massive blessing. And, you know, it's it's uh whenever you're dealing with these tough times, you you gotta try and frame them as best you can without, you know, going away from reality. You gotta frame them as best you can to 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 make sure that your head is 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 dealing with things as good as you can be. And that's been an an easy one to to be able to look at her every day and, and be around her has been um has been has been huge because if you know if this is three four years ago and 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 she wasn't here and there was there was um there was nothing it was it would be tougher to put things in that perspective um so listen it it is what it is the first massive uh, chunk of of rugby that i've missed you know i've had a few low level injuries over the years um but i've never missed anything more than you know i think i had an ankle surgery back in 2010 or something like that. Uh, few concussions, few low level uh, muscle injuries, and um, yeah. So I've definitely learned a lot, and um, and you know, going forward, it, uh, like it's it it will, it will definitely stand to me, you know, both in how I go about my rugby and how you know how I go about my
0: life after rugby. You you said that straight after you had that that second operation that you kind of instantly felt a lot better is. Is part of that mentally feeling better where I don't know, maybe I'm kind of guessing here, but throughout the the recovery, first of all, maybe you were looking at blocks of weeks and thinking, okay, if I can get back in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks and trying to set little markers. But was it a case where after the second operation, you were told you're not going to play for the rest of the season, get that out of your head? And was it a case where just working along that, you know, you knew there was a long path ahead and it was just about getting on with it?
1: A bit of both, a bit about. I think the, you can't get away, first of all, from the physical feelings, you know, the the knee will either be really sore in positions or it won't be. Uh, and the, the signs after that second one were that it was, that whatever was done in there was, was done, you know, and, and done well. So like that, that immediately gave me a, a big boost. And I think, you know, if we just reverse back to the, the first surgery, when the knee, particularly a knee, isn't going well and we're trying to push through it and find ways to, you know, you know, get, get through movements in the gym to strengthen it, then to ultimately get out of the pitch and move. And whenever it's not playing ball and you know, the mistakes that I was making was, you know, trying to push through it, all loads of other things start getting sore in your body because you're you're not moving correctly. So your my back took a took a massive hit for a long time. That was, you know, more debilitating than the knee and you just get fatigued with pain you know pain on a daily daily basis you know I can't imagine what chronic pain is over a long period of time because I had my fair share of knee pain and back pain and and I have a toe injury a big toe injury that gives me a bit of grief and whenever your your body's sore all over constantly you know when you wake up in the morning and it's it's a struggle to put your shoes on and socks on and then you're going in you're trying to navigate your way around knee pain and get your back loose like it's it's really really fatiguing and I wasn't prepared for that level of of um of pain and fatigue I think you know it was it was really tough and I didn't listen to my body enough I didn't listen to my body and go my back I can't bend over you know in the mornings or I can't put my shoes and socks on in the mornings in less than two minutes I, I need to pull back here and you know that that actually comes back to me to be honest with you because it wasn't the it wasn't the medical staff, you know. They were they were trying to pull me back, and I was trying to push them on, you know. So you got to take self accountability for it. And uh, again, I had no experience in in a big in a big rehabilitation. And if I was to pass on a bit of advice to you know guys who were going through that for the first time, it, was, it would it will be to you know to talk more and to understand your body more and respect your body more because your body's telling you your body's telling you exactly what it, what it's feeling. But at times it's it's hard to separate your Mentality from your physicality, and they they both need to be singing the same song, uh, or else you're just you know you're you're just chipping away at the scab
0: Yeah, and I presume like it's it's an incredibly understandable reaction, obviously to to be trying to push through it when you're in a situation where monster were going on a bloody hell of a journey. At times it was a, a really difficult journey, and it ended up being a great one. And then also at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're trying to get back for a World Cup as well. Mm. um on Munster specifically like that just was one hell of a journey that you ended up having a, a front row seat for over the course of a season yeah in, pre- in pre-season now at the moment has has everyone kind of come back in with a, a is it a different atmosphere in there coming into this pre-season that there has been in previous years where all of a sudden you're coming in off the back of a successful campaign with a trophy
1: yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's a funny one because the, the the fact that it's falling in a World Cup um preseason two, you know, we're, we're missing, I think, eleven guys, nine up with Ireland, two with South Africa. So you get a whole host of young lads who who wouldn't, you know, be be on the pitch with us if those if those eleven bodies were there, which is great because the coaches in Munster now are top top level and you guys know that because you see the rugby that we were playing uh when when we when we when we got it you know when we understood what they were what they were telling us to do and how they're coaching how we were reviewing so for so say for the the young boys now who are coming in and they're coming off schools rugby or they're you know first or second year academy they're being coached to a ridiculously high standard and level and what like i said what we're looking at in most impressive thing for me last year was I wasn't out on the pitch. You know, I was you know rehabbing, or I was in the gym, or I was doing something else. But I'd be in a lot of the meetings, and it really reminded me of the meetings that we'd have under Andy Farrell and the guys in camp. You know, the the way they were looking at the game, it wasn't like you know who was on the ball and who hit the breakdown. There was so there's so much more to the game of rugby than that. Off the ball work, what you're doing. And um, what your body language is, how quick you're getting up off the ground, you know that was the coaching level. So I, when I was sitting there, I was going, "This is brilliant," and I knew that we were we were going to get it. But some some of the guys last year hadn't been fortunate enough to be to be coached at that really really high standard before. And uh, like, and it's 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 not taken away from the coaches in the past. It's it's just it's the best in the world, and it's the best I've ever experienced. And I've had some unbelievable coaches at Rassi and Joe. And obviously now Faz and Wig and the guys in Munster are, are top, top level. Uh, so for the young boys to to get in now and have the confidence that we've just won a trophy and now to see what it takes to, you know, to win a trophy and see the effort and the detail it takes every day is is brilliant for the province, you know. And there's, some, there's an amazing crop of, of young guys coming through that have just been on the 20s journey. And even the guys below that, some lads coming out of school are really impressive in training and, um. So yeah, it's exciting, exciting times for Munster for you know for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, certainly looks it. Um, just final couple of couple of points to ask you about. You spent a few days in the Irish camp a few weeks back over over the summer. Um, it it must be reassuring as tough as the year has been. It must be reassuring to to get that call from Andy Farrell to come in and and just to know that you're still part of the the general plans.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, it's it's been a it's been a while since I've been in there. I was actually up in the in the HBC in Blanchestown a fair bit, uh, doing a bit of rehab with um, a new guy, I, I Ainer, that had come in to you know specialize in in, um, in longer term injuries. So I'd been in I'd been in camp without being in camp. You know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't in in all the gear. I was in in, in my Adidas in my Adidas gear and kind of on the on the periphery of it. But um, yeah, to get a shout to go in and you know. The faith he show, it showed in me to actually come in after you know not doing much you know rugby squad sessions and um, and you know there's loads of really good options uh, that he could that he could have called and you know I was lucky enough that he called me and had a really good week in there, trained quite well and um, kind of the messages get back to get back to Munster you know keep working you know we we need to see that accumulation of data um in terms of your pitch sessions and what you're doing on a weekly basis. And then listen, it's just you know detaching from the outcome of you know being obsessed with going to a World Cup and being obsessed with something that's not in my control, and just going just focus on what I'm doing every day. Uh, the cards will fall where they fall, and um, and you know that I think you know after plenty of experience, a pl- plenty of highs and lows, and not not being able to be in that mental space, you know I'm, I'm now in that nice mental space where. I know if, if it does come, that I'll be 100% ready and, you know, I'll be a way better player than I was before I left. And I know if it doesn't come, then I've done everything that I could and that's just, it just wasn't meant for me and and uh, and that's that.
0: And the last bit I just want to ask about all things going to plan, <clears throat> excuse me, on Saturday, Keith is going to be making his, uh, his 100th uh, test appearance for Ireland against England this weekend. Obviously, someone you know very, very well down the years. What can you say about him? What's, what can you say about? Uh, I'm sure he was a player a few years older than you, so you were an up and coming winger when he was making his breakthrough. You moved to Munster. You start playing together. What have you seen from him down the years, and what do you have to to say about him as a as a teammate and as a and as a person?
1: Yeah, like I can't speak highly enough for Keith. Um, you know, we've competed. I I kind of say we've competed with each other for as opposed to against each other for a long, long time. There's no one in rugby that I've worked closer with. You know for For every day, you know, picking each other's brains and doing things after the sessions, talking about the mental side of the game, talking about the journey that we're on. You know, we've we've got a really really special relationship, and he has had to dig so so deep to get to where he is now. You know, he's particularly the, these last kind of t- three four years. You know, where it's not all gone to plan from in terms of his body, in terms of selection. And to be where he is at now and to have had the mental strength to to dig in and to keep showing up every day and to now get the hopefully get the reward of 100 caps. There's, there's no one that deserves it more. And, you know, he's unbelievably popular across the country and rightfully so. He's 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 so endearing. And he's got this weird way about him that everyone, you know, of, of all the people I come across in rugby, you know, you never hear anyone say a bad word about him, and uh, that's a special that's a special person, you know. And for him to get there and and uh, and get it in, in Dublin in front of his the home crowd and uh, his family, and I'm delighted for his family too his his wife and his kids and his parents and everyone in Limerick. You know, it's it's a, it's a it's a special one. It, it feels like it, it's a special one that that Keith that Keith's got there, and uh, and I and I can't wait to see him. I hope I hope he is an absolute stormer, and and he deserves
0: it. Yeah, very well said. Andrew Conway, thanks a million for for joining us on the podcast. And we hope to see you out playing again real soon.
1: Thank you very much. Cheers, Neil.